What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. And now joining us from Surprise, Arizona, Evan Grant. Evan, it is so great to have you back with us on our little podcast. It's his podcast, Kevin. Oh, it's his podcast. That's right. I'm sorry. I it said, is I said our, our podcast. I said our podcast. I'm sorry. You know, we're not bitter about our that podcast. at all. We're not bitter. You know, uh, Barry and I, we, we are team players. I know. I know. Everybody's a, everybody's a team player except me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but it's our podcast, and, and we're one in the same. We're what, yeah. S- speaking of which, Middle-aged, complaining men. <laughs> with, with very little hair. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, it, first of all, uh, as, uh, as we've discussed, uh, there is no news of the day, so we're going to make news today. We're going to reshape the Rangers roster, and we're going we're gonna to make this thing out to be what it's going to be in April. So here's what I want you to do is, starting off the top, go around the horn and tell us who is starting at each position. Uh, well, I, I think we can do that pretty quickly where the infield's concerned. It'll be yeah. Napoli at first base, Odor at second, Anders at short, and Beltre at third, providing that his calf muscle does uh, does heal up, which I think everybody expects, and Jonathan Lucroy at catcher. The, yeah. the infield's as solid as, as it's been. It's, it's always been an asset, but I think it's as solid as it's, as it's ever been. An upgrade at first uh, base. And the outfield. I upgrade, I think, offensively at first grade, at first base. I think that, you know, last year Mitch Moreland won a gold glove, um, but uh, he's a very streaky hitter, and his on-base percentage, he struggled to keep it above 300 for much of the last two years. Um, and Mike Napoli is, is a guy, you know, he, last year he hit 30 home runs, he, or 34, career right. high. He's, he's, a, he's, still got, he's still got a lot of power in that bat, and, I think the Rangers will find ways to get him a little bit more downtime against some right-handed hitters, against some right-handed pitchers. Um, and then the uh, the outfield, let's, let's go around the outfield very quickly. I think that's where there's a little bit more fluidity, so to speak. But I think the general plan will be to have a platoon that could be a three-headed monster in, in left field between Ryan Rua, uh, Jerks and Profar and Delino De Shields with maybe De Shields playing the the role of very often coming in late in games, particularly for Profar to run uh, and give the club a little bit more range in left field. Carlos Gomez is the everyday center fielder, and then I think in right field what you're going to have is you're going to have no more Mazzara start the majority of those games uh, with Sinshu Chu getting the majority of his at bats as the DH, but. I do think we should stress here that 
the Rangers are going to try and use the DH as much as they can to move everybody in and out uh, of the uh, of the everyday lineup so that they can they can maximize rest for guys. They, they've got to, you know, you look at Napoli, you look at Beltre, Carlos Gomez is in his 30s, uh, and certainly Chu is now going to be 35. You've got a number of guys in their 30s that you're going to have to make some plans to, to make sure you rest a little bit. And that and that's the this is the issue for me in this whole outfield equation. Um, and, and by the way, thank a, a very nice job going around the the horn for us on that, uh, and, and going around literally around Barry Horn. Um, is that if, if Chu? You know, I get the idea, and I think it's a good idea to have guys passing through the DH role and getting them some some time off uh, off their feet anyway. Um, but if if look if Chu's healthy, you want him in the lineup. And whether he's DH or playing in right field, but you also want no more Mazar in the lineup. I'd rather have no more Mazar in the lineup than have uh, the Profar slash Rua slash Delano De Shields. So you, uh, want, you want him in left field? Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, is that when 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 Chu's playing right field, because he's going to want to play right field, so he's right. not going to want to play right. 140 games as a DH. And yeah. that's, I think when you do see, you know, for the most part, when you do see Chu in right field. Uh, the Rangers will look for a heavily left-handed hitting lineup. And so you could see Chu in right field, Mazar in left field, and Josh Hamilton if he makes the team at the D- as the DH that day. Yeah. Um, so they've got some options that way. I think, you know, with Hamilton and Loney uh, in camp, James Loney, another veteran, I-, I think you've got two left-handed options for that. Evan, 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 where are you? We're losing you. I'm on the backfield watching pitchers go through fielding okay. practice. You just had a little bad, little we, bad. We spot just lost you a little, little bit, bad spot. So. Stay oh, well, there was some bad juju. I'm sorry. Stay so. in one spot. Um, so I, I think that where uh, where the Rangers are concerned at first base, having an extra left-handed bat gives them some more options, particularly on those days when they do want to use two in the outfield. And, and and I think it's also important, you know, we talk about metrics and we'll talk about all of all of the numbers and everything. But if you want to get the most out of Shinsu Shin, Chu, it's important to make sure he's as emotionally invested as possible. And that means you can't just ignore the fact that he wants to play some outfield. Right. So I, I think the Rangers will work to do that. But I think they'll also say – we have to take some steps to to keep you healthier because of the number of soft tissue injuries he's had over the last couple of years. Evan, will and you brought his name up, and I was going to bring it up. Josh Hamilton, will he be on the roster opening day? Uh, I think. Uh, listen, let's put it this way, Barry. If he hits, they're going to find a spot for him. You know, there's there's no doubt that the guy. Uh, can be. He, he was a special hitter at one point in time, and even in 2015, a little bit of time he was active with the Rangers, he had some big at-bats. Uh, the biggest question is health, and I think that, you know, moving to first base, having some time at DH, uh, not running around in the outfield as much, I think it's as good a shot as you're going to get at getting him healthy. He had a round of batting practice yesterday in the cage that was typical Josh. And, you know, it's, it's too early to make anything out of anything, but the ball jumped off his bat. It was loud sounds. It's all that kind of stuff that 
you thought of when when you saw Josh in 2010, 2011. So I, I think that um, if this guy can stay upright, I think the Rangers are going to find a spot for him on the roster. How does he, how does he look at first base? You know, to this point, just taking drills, he's he's done. He's fielded the ball well at first base. He's made the throw, but I, I I'm going to have to see that with runners, and I'm going to have to see just how the footwork works when you know things are at game speed to, to really get a good idea. But I'm confident that as athletic as he is, I'm confident that he can he can adequately handle first base. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure about that. I'm not as confident. Uh, he, I'm not even sure he could be adequate. But but you know, listen, I I well, there's, and, there's, and adequate maybe. May, adequate maybe being charitable, but yeah. listen, there have been some awful fielding first basemen in the big leagues who who still contributed because of their bats were good. Sure, and sure. I don't think we're talking about a guy who would be playing seventy games at first base. No, as a starter, no, you know? no, he's not. And, and, you know, listen, I, I have to say, I, I pull for Josh. I, 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 he's a he's a good guy. And he's had a rough life, and, and most of it's self inflicted. But I, it is also a disease, and I and I think that. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him do something. I just don't think it's going to happen. But, but let me... I, I, well, I will say this. I, I, let me just give something away real quickly before we go into the next question. That I spent, I don't know, about 75 minutes with Josh yesterday after the workout, uh, just sitting and talking with him. And his head's in a good place. You know, I, I think he, he, readily, he readily acknowledges that, that going to Anaheim five years ago was, was a mistake for him personally. It may have been the right move for his family at the time, but was a mistake for him personally. I think he's been humbled, and I think that he still feels like he's best when everybody counts him out. And there's, there's, we've seen it, Kevin. You know, I, I still go back to Game Six of the 2011 World Series. You know, that was a moment just carved for Josh Hamilton, and that's what he does. He puts together dramatic stories for you and I just don't think he's out of them yet. No. I, I certainly hope not. All right, well, let me let me ask you this because this is the thing and I'll have to say this. I kind of I soured on Delino De Shields as much as anybody and almost completely because of his defense because you know mm-hmm. bad routes to the ball and not an instinctive outfielder and for a guy whose father was a major league baseball player and a very good one and a father who still involved in baseball and, and uh, managing uh, in, in the minor leagues uh, he just didn't have the, the you know running the bases as fast as he was you know he's he's not doing that and then of course there's the problem with his arm you know one of the worst arms in baseball uh, but uh, that you know, two years ago, offensively he was terrific at the top of the lineup, and and I think that the manager is very intrigued by that issue because if you look at this team now as it sets up, your leadoff hitter candidates are either Chu, who prefers not to hit leadoff. Uh, there's and who the manager all but said yesterday he intends to hit second. Is that right? Okay, um, so, so that that yeah, leaves that, he, that leaves you Carlos Gomez then to play, and and I just leadoff hitter as the leadoff hitter. And man, I do not see Carlos Gomez as a leadoff hitter. Well, you know he hit. He, this is a small sample, um, but everything with Gomez and the Rangers last year was a relatively small sample. He hit leadoff. I think 17 of the last 20 games that the team played and, and posted a 390 on base percentage. Um, that would be world class. Yes, it would be. Out for a full year, and, and we don't expect that. But I think the Rangers feel like um, with what Gomez has, has kind of.
kind of identified and the changes he's made in his approach that he can be somewhere between three three thirty and three forty as a as an on base guy. And if he is, well, that's great. Um, he brings he brings an incredible amount of energy to the offense. And Speed. I thought the word that the manager used yesterday when describing Chu. I was really intrigued by it. Um, he used the word connector, and I think that's a great—it's a great description because in that number two spot, you know, when he was at his best for the Rangers in '15, you had a leadoff guy getting on base, and then Chu kind of connected that into big possibilities for the rest of the lineup with either long, patient at bats and a walk, or or a hit. Or you know, on occasion, driving in runs, and so uh, I think that's his. I, I think that is his preferred one-two combination right now. Um, I think the Rangers feel like the Shields has. He's lost some weight. He's clearly lost some weight, um, which he, he felt he was in camp heavier than he should have been because he tried to add some muscle last year. Um, I think that playing left field primarily rather than being a center fielder takes the issue of the arm out of play a little bit and it certainly doesn't it doesn't force him to run routes uh as deep and as long as uh, or or have the same kind of instincts so to speak as, as it would in center so i think the manager's perspective on the shields has changed a little bit because of what the change role would be as a as a fourth outfielder, sometimes platoon guy, occasional leadoff hitter, it's a lot different than counting on him every day to start an offense and play center field. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, yeah, let me ask you something about this. It's something that just occurred to me that day, and you, and you brought up this name. Uh, and Evan, where the heck are you now? Are you by the airport? No, we, you know, we got jets flying over from the Air Force Base, and we got the music on the backfield. It's a freaking circus out there. Are they, are, are you, do you think those jets have been dispatched by the Astros, or, or they, are they spy planes? Spy planes. Uh, that would be the that would be yeah. the, the Cardinals that would be doing that. Uh, that that's correct. Yeah. Good point, Barry. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, so so, but here's the thing. Now, looking back, you mentioned Tom Wilhelmson in your uh, column yesterday about uh, the uh, the uh, and obviously everybody was counting on him, and he was a disaster. Uh, and he was the piece they got for Leonis Martin. If he was a total disaster, he, I think would be the the words that we use these days. Yes, it is. Now, looking back on that, and I was all in favor of them getting rid of Leonis Martin, and then I saw that interesting statistic. I don't know if you cited that or I read it someplace else on on. Uh, uh, no, I did. I, I can't remember where I saw it, but that on balls that he had to cover more than a hundred feet on the yeah. ground, he led all of baseball. Leonis Martin did last year. Yes, he did. Uh, he did. And this is a guy that now, so they they've struggled you now to identify, and they had to sign. Uh, Cardinals Gomez to what? What? How much did that that uh, one year deal cost them? Was it nine? Million? Uh, nine. Yeah, it I think nine. It's nine. I think nine. it's around nine, nine million. How much is Leon is playing for for the Mariners now? I think it's right at about five. Yeah. Uh, it, looking back now, as as much as I was ready to to, to boot Leonis out the door, I'm thinking that maybe that was that was uh, not a good deal, and that will go down as not one of uh, John Daniel's better deals. Well, it turned out not to be a good deal, and I, I do think that uh, I, I think that, that Safeco, which is a place where Leonis's speed um, can certainly make up for any 
for any first step kind of move, first step or first instinct, you can, you've got speed and you've got a lot of room to work with. You can run balls down. Um, but certainly he's a better outfielder than he appeared to be on many occasions for the Rangers. Whether that is that he's seeing the ball better in Safeco with, with the roof when the roof is closed or whether he has just grown as a center fielder. Um, he's, he's a, he is a above average defensive center fielder is I think what the conclusion is that we have to come to now who is going to over the course of the season, make a couple of maddening mistakes, but it's one of those, you know, it's, I, I always cite the Pudge Rodriguez example the, we all saw Pudge for all those years, and, and, and we saw, okay, he didn't work with the pitchers that much. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. But what he did do as a catcher was still change the game more than any other catcher in the big leagues. And, and sometimes I think we get so, whether, you know, as reporters and as baseball executives and scouts, I think if you're around one player a lot, you get focused on what he can't do instead of what he can do. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And, I, and he is certainly that because, boy, I tell you what, here's the thing. That's a cannon he's got on his shoulder. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, and, that, and that's, that's a game and there, and there are times there are times he's also going to show off that arm unnecessarily. Yes, you know, and, and he did do that. Guy and, yeah. and, and move a guy into scoring position. And, but metrically and the ability to get a big out when you absolutely have to have one from, from an outfield throw, He's got that. Yeah, he does. And they are still – because I'm betting here's, here's what happens with Carlos Gomez. If he has the kind of season they hope he's going to have, he's going to be out of their price range uh, after this season. Uh, in, all, in all likelihood, yes. But, in all likelihood. Well, i, I got to ask this question. Why should anybody ever be out of the Rangers' price range? Well, it, 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 here, here's the situation. I think that, that what's going to happen is is because they're going to have a lot of money committed to their rotation. Is there a salary cap in baseball? Did I, did I miss that? <laughs> I, I think, Kevin, Kevin, your your point is good, and, and Barry's point is good here. I, I think that, you know, the Rangers are now in what amounts to year 10 of their window of, uh, of opportunity. And the one thing that is a given – is the longer that window is open, the bigger the contracts are going to get, the more inflated the contracts are going to get, the bigger the, the circumstances for the free agents that you sign. And so that's where the Rangers are. You know, they are far down that road, and they are now in a position where I think their payroll is going to be right above $170 million this year. which will be the most it's ever been. And what would that put um, them in baseball? I mean, about top six, it, seven? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I'll just be very conservative here and say top third. But yeah, it, it's going to put them in the in, in the top, you know, in the top ten percent in the, the top twenty percent for sure. Yeah. Um, there. That said, you know, I, I don't think it ever behooves a team unless you've got the kind of revenues that the Yankees and the Red Sox have, which is. Beyond ridiculous, and the Rangers have good revenues, but they don't have that level of, of revenue. There are times that you're going to have to make choices. This team is going to have a center field spot open next year. It's going to have uh, potentially a catching spot open next year. It's going to have multiple spots in the rotation open next year. 
you've got to make choices at some point in time. And you still, you know, you can't just say, all right, we're going to run our payroll up to from $170 million to $250 million because revenues aren't going to cover that debt. Well, here's, here's the problem with it in the end, is that you can, you can do these kind of things if you're sure these guys are going to work out. But the problem is, right. is when you when you take on a Prince Fielder contract uh, and a and to right. a great extent a, a Shin Su Chu contract because he hasn't lived oh, up to, I, he hasn't lived up to his either. No, I think that the Chu contract factors in significantly in in how handcuffed the Rangers are right now. Here comes another Jeff. Terrific. Be be sure to wave when they go over. Is, is it one of ours? Uh, I think so. But okay. you know, I we're close to the border here. You never know what's going on. Yeah. So, so you know that to me, that's the issue. Is that if you you're just never sure of what you're going to get. Look, look what happened to the Angels and the, and the money that Artie Moreno, uh, you know, doled out to all those players. You know, he he could do that that uh, you know the Pujols contract over again. I'm sure he would. You know, that was a ten year deal with Pujols. And he just wasn't worth it. And he's a great player. He's a Hall of Famer, but he just wasn't worth it. And you know, in in baseball, like with really with like everything else. I mean, you're paying for past performance more than you are for for future performance. Yeah. And and so at some point in time, that, that that you know, if you plot those two things on a graph, they're going to grow wider and wider apart. Sure. Where the, the 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 performance is not going to match up to the salary. And what you hope to do is keep them together as long as you possibly can with during the course of the contract. But guys like Adrian Beltre. That's one in a hundred free agent contracts, you yeah. know. And you know, what? guys, the long-term contracts—they just there's going to be diminishing returns, and we haven't really seen that with Belcher. No, I, well, you don't really, you know. To me, the, the five and six-year deals are, are not really the problem. It's when you get well, the, the six-year. But I mean, if you get if you get a five-year deal, that's that's not really a problem. Uh, it, it's only baseball that makes those kind of commitments, and uh, and and has now not not recently. I'm trying to think. How long was Kershaw's contract for? Was that was that? A, what were the terms of that? Boy, that, that, I you know I hate doing this without anything in front of me, but I do think I think Clayton's got an, an opt out in either after next year or the year after. Is I that think what it's it after is? After next year, yeah. yeah. And even as and, and of course he's making thirty million dollars a year. Uh, I I think the days of those ten year deals are dead, and they should be dead. Those are those are awful deals, and no one no oh, one yeah, does. I don't. The only guys that I see signing the ten-year deals are guys in a situation like Kershaw's deal, where the front end of that deal might still be a year or two of arbitration. So you're basically paying your two arbitration years, and then you're getting then you're getting six or seven years after that. But uh, for a, for a straight free agent who's already got six years, particularly for a pitcher and the innings that would be built up at that point in time to do to do a 10-year deal for somebody no nah, i think we're we're past that i yeah. think i think we've seen the inefficiency of that i think you know the one of the things that's interesting to me is speaking of contracts and and i'm going to write about that this week i think about you darvish's contract uh and the fact that i think the, the rangers need to offer him one is that it has been a long time since the rangers uh, salary structure has been weighted towards the pitchers. It has been pretty much uh, weighted far more towards uh, they've, they've had some really team-friendly deals for their starting rotation right. over the last 10 years. And I think now, now it's going to start right. going the opposite direction, uh, or at least it needs well, they, to. 
you know they've 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 got a, a, a true number one and a and a and a potential number one in in Hamels and Darvish and and you've got to pay those guys and and pitcher contracts are you know far more inflated than hitter contracts are I think at this point so um I, you've got you know you've got to strike more of a balance and and the Rangers have have tried to develop pitching they. They have developed some guys over the past ten years, um, but nobody that is, with the exception of Martin Perez, nobody that's in this year's rotation. Um, and Martin Perez is here on a club-friendly contract. Uh, but when you're having to supplement that with free agent contracts, you're going to have to spend a lot more money on pitching. Now let's look back here. Speaking of uh, developing pitchers, uh, now we they haven't developed pitchers for themselves. No, the, the, well, as we as we noted before, the two greatest pitchers the Rangers have ever developed were Kevin Brown and Kenny Rogers. Right, and, right. and at least at least until Kyle Hendricks de- keeps keeps, keeps uh, developing anymore like for the Cubs. Right. Uh, but I'm trying to remember. And, 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 and it, listen, so I mean, the, the thing is, I think that they have developed pitchers over the past eight nine years. They've used those pitchers as currency right. to continue to right. keep this window of opportunity open. Um, but there's there's a price. Either either you lose performance because you don't have pitching, or you have to pay premium rates for for others' pitchers. But, and but, that's but, where they're at. But let me ask you this. Even the guys they've given up, the guys they gave up to the Phillies, if we go way back into the 70s, 70s? Uh, when uh, nobody, no, no, none no, of our no. we we're talking about guys that they have developed. You know, when they made the trade for Lee Mazzilli, they gave up uh, Darling and Terrell. Darling and Terrell, and Darling was Darling was never a one though. Uh, Terrell certainly no, wasn't. but he was. But, but they they were, were, it was a very good pitcher. They were very but my point is, is that had the Rangers ever developed a number one pitcher, a true ace, Kevin? Brown? I, I listen. I I think that there are. I think the based on their careers. Um, Kevin Brown had a stuff. Yeah. I think Kenny was a little bit later of a developer, and I think most people would pencil Kenny in as a number two. Yeah. But you're talking about two guys who both won 200 games in the big league. Yeah. And, oh, they're very productive uh, pitchers. That's yeah. Going to accomplish. Yeah. yeah. But my point, um, is, my point is, and this is my point towards signing you, Darvish, is that I think you, Darvish, is a number one, and that's and to me. So all you went this this organization has been around here at least in Texas for forty years and and forty five years and they've never really developed a true number one and you now you have one and you can't you simply cannot let that go and that and no, you have to gamble on that. I agree. I mean, this, this is why I wrote last week that you know as, as training camp as spring training started, the big mystery to me is why there hasn't been more of a of a concerted effort to, to sign Darvish at this point. I, I think from the Rangers' perspective, you know, you are talking about a guy who has won 200 inning season in his in his big league career. Um, he hasn't pitched a full season since 2013. Those are all legitimate concerns. I do think that and, – and, and you're also talking about a pitcher who is 30 and paying $30 million a year for a pitcher into their mid-30s is, is very risky. Um, what I would counter that with is that I do think this guy is an outlier. I think that it took him a couple of years to learn how to pitch in the major league, uh, but I think he has grasped it and grasped it very well. Uh, I think he has uh, taken exceptionally good care of his body, and I don't think his body's going to break down. And, and maybe the, 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 
the lack of innings that he's had over the last three years gives him a fresher 30-year-old arm than most guys. Um, and listen, there is no question about his stuff. This is a guy with a with a plus fastball, um, a plus maybe the best slider in baseball, um, and uh, he he's now going back to throwing the forkball, which was much more effective for him early in his career uh, as a third pitch, and it, he is. If he's not yet a number one in most in people's eyes, I still think he is going to be one. And I think the only concern on the Rangers' part would be if they thought that they were going to have a shot to get Shohei Otani, the next great Japanese pitcher, who there's big questions, and I think we talked a little bit about this last week, there's big questions whether or not he will come over uh, because of how the, uh, the posting system is set up now and because of what the – the extra taxes would be now on, on signing him, um, and he may just wait till he's a straight free agent. Uh, the the other part is is the health concern, and for me, I think this is the kind of guy you have to take the risk on. Let me ask you this, Evan: if if the Rangers continue to wait and to see what happens here, is you going to take this personally? I. I don't think he takes things personally on that on that front. I, I think I think he would would welcome dialogue. Um, I think he understands the business side. And I do think you know he's made he's made some comments to the Japanese media that if he doesn't if he doesn't really have a big year this year, then you know he's been something of a disappointment. And and so I think his, his focus is going to be on on that kind of performance. And I think the closer he gets to free agency, if he's putting those numbers up, the money's all going to take care of itself. And it's, it's going to start pricing him out of the Rangers capabilities because he's going to go over 30 million. He's going to be the best free agent on a fairly deep free agent in a fairly deep free agent pitching class. And that's why I think if the Rangers want to get something done, it behooves them to act quicker rather than, than wait. But, from their perspective, I think they want to make sure he's helped. Let me ask you this. What, what, wait, what happens if they don't re-sign him? Where, where does that leave this staff? Screwed. Screwed, leaves right? them really. It leaves them searching and having to pay for, for another free agent next year or, you know, potentially having to consider taking a step back and, and reload. Yeah. So. To, me, to me, here's the thing. If it comes up, and I think you wrote this, if it comes – let's say the Rangers – things don't work out and they go in the tank this year and if they haven't signed you by the uh, by the trade deadline then i think that I think that it behooves them to, to trade him at that point uh, oh, I, I think i would think that's a given and i think that i think you might see a lot of other guys go at that point in time yeah. um, it would be a complete sell-off for at least for the short term yeah absolutely you know, here's, here's the thing that would, that would scare me if i'm john daniels what if artie moreno who is not doled out any money because he, you know, he's been paying off people. He's been paying uh, Josh Hamilton to play for the Rangers, uh, and he's had to endure this contract for, for Pujols and the other, all the other bad contracts that, they, that they, they've signed. But they're all starting to run out now. All those bad deals are starting right. to run out. You know, what they're missing is starting pitching. You know, right. if he goes out and gets you Darvish and you Darvish ends up being the, the pitcher everybody thinks he's going to be and he's going to be there for the next five years for the for the Angels who, who would then have Mike Trout and all the rest of the 
everything else they have to build around out there, uh, then you've just you've just sunk yourself in the AL West, in my estimation. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I and I think that's a real concern. But I think the, the Rangers' first concern has to be not necessarily where he ends up, but whether or not this is the guy that they want to have long term. Yeah, I, I agree, hundred percent. I, I think no, that the, I think you don't think that ha- that that has to uh, weigh into the equation at all where he winds up, especially if he winds up in the AL West. I think it's way down the list. I think it's uh, you got to make a decision based on what's best for you. I, I, there's no question, right. especially for well, that kind what, of money. What's best for you is is why you or why you why you is not to have why you in. Anaheim. Well, I, that's certainly that's part of the factor to me. I mean, I, I get what the Rangers are thinking here. They've had two bad contracts that they've had to weather here with with Fielder and Chu. Absolutely. And so, boy, do, do we really want to step into another one of those? The difference for me is is that this is a five year deal. You will be you will be out from under the you will be out from under the Chu and Fielder contracts in 2020. Right. And if you go and sign this guy to a long term deal and it ends up being a bad deal midway through. That 2020 albatross now stretches out to 2023. Uh, aren't, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I probably am. Aren't the Rangers out from the uh, fielder contract? Only half of it. Did, oh, didn't you get nine insurance million? Isn't it like nine million a year, Evan? They're still get? they're still paying him. I, I believe their commitment. The way it all uh, because of the the money that the Tigers are are giving them and the money that they get from insurance, I still think the Rangers are paying Prince. About nine million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so good. So that's significant savings, but you know, it's 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 a nine million dollar right sure. off. Sure, okay, yeah, don't right so that's tough. All right, so uh, and then here's the other thing to me to consider here. I I do think that Cole Hamels has, you know, he's a tremendous pitcher, still a very very good pitcher, um, but I I think he's I think he showed at the end of last year that maybe all these innings are starting to catch up with him a little bit. And and I'm I'm just wondering, and that and that's another reason for me to see if you think you've got Cole Hamels here as a you know as a hedge against you know you leaving. I I don't think you can make that bet. I, I think that that Cole is kind of reaching that stage of his career where we can expect a, de- a decline here, and it'll be time to uh, you know that's time to to see that other guy move up. You've got that guy ready, and there's nobody on the else on the horizon for the Rangers. We've saw over this season and what they did with, with taking the gamble on Tyson Ross, which was not much of a gamble. You know, he's only going to be making what six million dollars a year this year. If he, if he six million in base pay, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a terrific pickup. But that's one thing when you're trying to sign a three or a four. If they if they work out, it's another thing when you're trying to find a one uh, or a two. Correct. And I just think that that people don't understand how hard that is to find a real, a championship one or two. and This is what this organization has searched for for its entire career, yeah. uh, for its entire you know, time Existence, in Texas. Yeah. And you've got that. Um, and you've got the ability to potentially – I'm certainly not going to write off Cole Hamels yet, and I'm not going to say that one month at the end of the season marked a decline. I do think that there were, there were some issues with his delivery – um, and, and certainly as he gets, I think he's going to pitch at the age of 33 this year. Certainly as that goes deeper and deeper, that becomes more of a concern. But I would like to think that you've got this year and maybe next year of Cole Hamill still being an upper tier pitcher. And I want to maximize that out, that asset in my rotation 
for as long as I can. And I think it, it, it makes it incumbent upon you to do everything you can to sign the guy who is willing to talk with you now and who has exhibited all the traits of a number one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as, as we said about Cole, and I agree with you about Cole, but the, the thing to remember to me is if you're in management, you always plan for the worst. We, we, always want to, we always want to think, what if this doesn't work out? I don't want to be optimistic. I want to say, what if this doesn't work out? What are we going to do? And, that, and, that's, and that's what they have to plan. And that is, to me, why you bring back you, Darvish, is that we're trying to hedge all your bets here and, and, and cover all your bases. Evan? Oh, correct. And, I mean, if, if, you know, if Hamels is – if, if you wanted to this year, you know, if you had Hamels and Darvish as what amounted to co-number one, and then next year you've got Darvish as your number one and Hamels as your number two, that's the changing of the guard you'd like to have. Yes. That's how you'd like it to play out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Evan, it's been a, a joy to talk to you and to listen to the Jets fly overhead, um, but we're going to have to let you go. You know, we have a big meeting today with the publisher. and uh, Will the publisher actually be there? I'm not sure if he is or not, but I, I'm hoping he is because I'm all dressed up. And, I, and I, as I told Barry earlier, if I can't be – the the best sports writer at the DEMN, which which is this year, you're Evan Grant, uh, the founder of this podcast, the father of this podcast. No, this is this is his podcast. This is his podcast, though, no. and and a, and a well deserved recognition, by the way, uh, by any estimation, uh, Evan. Congratulations for that. Uh, but I wanted to be oh, the best. Thank you. I wanted to be the best dressed. Why are you writer. reading that? Did he text you that to, to no. say he's? But I've got on. Kevin a, is. By the way. By the way, Kevin, I will say this: you you are the best dressed in the department, and uh, you and Barry probably go down as the fathers of the year in our department. So, there we go. Um, there those we are go. far more important, far more important than anything else. Well, we appreciate that, Rick. Thanks for throwing that back at us. Thanks. Now, now all those nasty things I was thinking have got have got to be wiped out of my head. Evan, let me ask you one last thing here before we go. Uh, is Archie's really dead there in surprise, or did it, did it just it just moved, didn't it? I'm trying to remember. No, I think it's I think it's dead. When I uh, when I Googled it when I got here, it said that it, it has closed. So, oh, Kevin, you no. asked Archie. him that question last week. I did not. Yes, Archie's you did on. last year. I asked. No, no you asked he, him last he did week. Not. He did not. I'm going to go I back believe, and look at the transcripts. I believe Archie's has gone to that big blinza in the sky. Oh, um, that is. I hate that. That's a good place. I'll, I'll take you someplace else, Kevin. All right, I'll I see you. I can't wait for you to come on out here. All right, I'm coming down in about three weeks. So we'll see you All down right, there. I will, Evan, thanks. I will be on the conference call for our big meeting later on. Oh, thank, nice. thanks, for, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Thanks, Evan. All right, guys. All right. There see he goes, later. Evan Grant. I didn't even get to ask the question I wanted to ask. What was that? About the Julio Jones trade. Was it a good trade for the Falcons? <laughs> well, well that, that came up in, well, in our John Machota podcast yes, with well, uh, the Cowboy podcast. You know what? I, I have to tell you, I don't think that was a good trade. They gave oh, up two on. number ones. Come on. I know. I really like Julio for the, Jones. For the arguably the one or two, the top two wide receivers in the, in the league. I, don't, I just don't think wide receivers are that important. I mean, I think they're important. But they're not. They're you not, gotta have. You gotta have the, the that. Well, what was the Cowboys did when they? Even if Joey Galloway had been what Jerry Jones thought he would, you gave oh, up. Two Joey Galloway is not. Joey no, no, Galloway he's better. You're right. Don't yell. He's not Julio Jones. No, he's not. But let me tell you something. Uh, did they give up two, two for Roy Williams? Also, I think uh, they did. I don't know. I don't yeah, think it was two ones. I think it was. I think it was just one. No. I have to go back and look. But yeah, well, that was ridiculous too. Uh, but 
But Julio but Jones. But wide receivers, you can find them. I'm telling you, you can find good. Yes, I, I love Julio Jones. But, Anto- would you, you know, is, is there a market difference between him and Antonio Brown? Julio Jones? Yeah. No, no, you're talking, you're talking about the one one and one A of wide receivers. What about, what about Des Bryant? What I think there's a market difference. Uh, I think there's a difference. Uh, but I still think that Des is pretty good. Would you? Would you have? You know, the Cowboys got Des at the bottom of the first round for for uh, for reasons for reasons because of a, the you know or stupid reasons uh, the the Deion Sanders thing that was ridiculous that he dropped because of that, but but you know to, but to me I, I you know to me you, I give up multiple first round picks the most important positions on the field are edge rusher defensive end and quarterback one that's it those two. Or Everything a difference? No, a difference maker at wide receiver. I, I would no, do it for a difference maker. No, Julio no, Jones. No. Do, do you think Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan without Julio Jones? Uh, did they win the Super Bowl? He he threw, threw a great pass to him. It was a great pass, great catch. It was an unbelievable play, and they still didn't win the Super Bowl. They should have won. They should have gone down there. Oh, I'm, surpri- run the ball I'm surprised you haven't yet brought up who who the wide receivers are for the Patriots. No. Oh, a bunch of white guys. Look at it. He's laying out on me now. No. Here's the thing about that. You know, Maurice Adam, he's, 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 he's tremendous. You know, he, he runs great routes. He's tough. Who? You know, Adam, uh, uh, and I Ma- call him Maurice Adam. Maurice Adelman. Is, Julian Adelman. Was he the, who's Maurice Adelman? <laughs> I don't know. I think I must have known somebody named Maurice Edelman. He sounds like a furrier in Houston. <laughs> yeah, you would know that. No, Edelman's terrific. You know, he, he just, he, he's tremendous. But, but uh, as I said, on the cover of Sports Illustrated, they have Edelman making that catch, right, with the three Falcons. I, uh, the only the cover I want to talk about is Kate Upton. On yeah, the right. But I'm telling you, if people had talked about that, if if the Falcons had won, they, they if someone had a similar picture of the Julio Jones catch, that was the better catch. That was the unbelievable catch. You know, I I don't know how many I don't know how many players in the NFL make that play, and it still didn't help them win that game because. Wide receiver is not as important as quarterback or defensive You are end. so wrong. That's why we'll to me, we'll have to do a podcast on this one. Time in, this, in this, in this, in this position, what we're talking about is the fact that it would would I trade multiple first rounders to get the first pick, which is nobody's miles, listening. Miles you know, every Ranger fan in America, I just want to point out, is has clicked off. Whenever left, we've lost. We lost. Did they really? Nobody's hearing so. this part. This, this is the best part of the this whole podcast. Is, I know because people get to hear it. They're not listening to the jets going over the head uh, of uh, of Evan. So, is that a, you've been out there many times? Is, yeah. is that a big issue out there? Where, is there an, oh, there's yeah. an Air Force base right there? Yeah, yeah. There's always jets flying over all the time, uh, and, and pretty low at that. Too. Pretty low. Yeah. Did you ever see a multiple uh, jets? That's not just like one every once in a while. It'll be, it'll be like a formation going over a lot of that. Really? Yeah. It's not. It's not the Blue Angels or anything going no, on. They're not. They're not doing tricks and stuff. No. But the, there's a big. There's always like a couple of them going over at once. It's a lot of noise. A lot of noise. Well, next time you're out there, take some photos and send them back. Or really? You want to see all that? I think that would he- help your Twitter feed uh, <laughs> a lot. I think anything would probably help my Twitter feed. All right. So we had, let's to, to wrap, we had Evan Grant yep. talk on the Rangers. Yep. We had John Machota on the Cowboys. And the Combine. On the Combine and the, and draft. the draft. And and then we had Eddie Sefko on uh, the Mavericks, the trade deadline. Which comes up Thursday. Which comes up Thursday. All right, I want you to grade them. One, two, three. Who's the best, second best, third best of them all? I'm going to go with uh, uh, a tie between. <laughs> I knew that was coming. At least at least a tie between Eddie and John. And then I'm giving it. I mean, giving the, I'm, I'm docking Evan for the for the sound quality. Sound quality and yeah. being late. And for and for being late. That's cool. Tardy. Yes, tardy. All right, so Kevin, I'm Barry. He's Kevin. 
We've got to go. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.